What's up, everybody? Welcome to Keeping the 9450 Cold Name WBB, brought to you by the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. I am Daniel Artest. Got my co-host with me, my brother, my ace boom from the other room, K-Dot in the building. K-Dot, we just had a nice off-the-record conversation, man. It's funny, man. It's fun times right now, man. How you doing, brother? Hey, yo, what about what it is? What's popping? Listen, it's always it's always great to have our pre-production, pre-production meetings and everything, bro. Like everything's all good. We had two great games last night. We got chaos going on right now in the WNBA in regards to the last couple spots of the playoffs. I'm excited to talk about that, but more importantly, I'm excited to talk about one particular game that happened last night. And we got to prove some points right quick. So yeah, yeah. let's get right into it. Yeah, definitely. Before we get right into it, don't forget to follow the podcast, though, first of all, all right? Show us some love, man. And also, I got to give a con- one congratulations, K-Dot. All right, just one before we start. I got to say congratulations to Lauren Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Because she is playing in the world championships with the, the Opals, the Australian national team and stuff, you know what I mean? Three-time WNBA MVP playing in her fifth World Cup in Australia at home. Like, she's been chilling. All season, we seen her putting up the numbers at 41. I really think that she could still play high-level WNBA basketball, and I think that she could actually average about 16 and 8 in WNBA if she come back in her 40s. She's that good. You see the skill, the jump shot is there. She's loving the game. Obviously, she wouldn't have come back if she wasn't healthy or whatever, so she's giving it a go. And we seen the emotion when on the video when Coach Brondello gave her the roster spot or whatever. Like, she earned it. So what's your thoughts on, on the great Lauren Jackson? Yeah, listen, it's the great Lauren Jackson. What more can you say? My thing is with Lauren Jackson is the versatility, the way that she can put the ball in the basket is unprecedented. And I'm so happy for her because, you know, the game missed her, not only myself, but I think the game missed her for a while. And for her to be back and for her to be playing at the level that she's playing, it's incredible. And I can't wait to see her in the world championships for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that she's going to put in some major work. And especially in their home country, you see the pride that's about to come through. I think that they're probably going to medal. I don't know whether it's gold or silver or whatever, but I think that they're going to do pretty good and stuff. So I'm excited to watch it. We're going to follow it. You know what I mean? Since we're covering women's basketball all year long. So let's get into the show right now, actually. Let's talk about it. The Dallas Ma- I'm the Dallas Mavs. <laughs> The Dallas Wings versus the New York Liberty. And the Liberty, K-Dot, came back from 13 down to beat the Wings 91 to 73. For the Liberty, uh, Sammy Wickham, 15 points, four rebounds, five assists. Sabrina Unescu had a great, great third quarter, second half to a finish with 13 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. Jelani had 11 points, a nice bounce back game, two rebounds, and two assists as she's looking to round back into shape. And for the Wings, Marina Mabry had 19 points, five rebounds, and six assists. Tierra McCowan had 17 and 13, another double. And Veronica Burton, man, pfft. 15 points, four assists, one block. She looked pretty good, but let's talk about it, right? The Liberty kind of saved their season on Wednesday night. And we was talking about this last week, Kata, that the Liberty actually needed to split these games versus Dallas before they go to Atlanta. And they did just that. And we didn't believe they could because Dallas was just at a high level hooping. You know what I mean? And we was hard pressed to see how can the Liberty do this on the road, actually, too. But it happened. We saw how this game played out. 
And Kada, we really got to talk about the second quarter. We don't even have to talk about the entire game because the second quarter is where I felt that Dallas lost his game. You know what I mean? They started off the second quarter. They was down 18 to 31 because Dallas came out bombing. And then Marina Mabry, not Marina Mabry, I'm sorry, but Nigel Laney, she hit a three. And then Maureen Johannes hit back-to-back threes. And that was the start of the end for Dallas right there, bro. In that second quarter, the Wings, they shot two for 16. They missed nine jump shots from 14 feet and beyond. I could run it down. Gold medal Leash missed a three. Marina missed two jumpers. Kayla Thornton missed a three. Leash missed another jumper. Awak missed a three. Marina missed another jumper. Kayla Thornton missed another jumper. And Marina missed again. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty much the game right there. And, and it just... It just went away from them. They just lost the momentum that they built in that first quarter, and there was nothing else they could do at the end of it. And then we've seen the third quarter with Sabrina going off. She had 11 points, four rebounds, four assists in the quarter. The way she was able to score, rebound, set her team up for points and things like that. And then it was just a a wrap about that. Most fans will talk about the... uh, the fans, the referees or whatever, I'm like, nah, the referees is always bad in the W. That's, so there's no excuse no more. The refs is going to be the refs in the W. But this was a game where, you know, Dallas shot themselves in the foot by, sh- by shooting so many jump shots. I think they only made like three free throws. They, it was crazy. They got outscored, I want to say 20 to 8 or something like that in that second quarter. And, and it was a wrap. But what's your thoughts, Kato? Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, the game of basketball is always a game of runs, um, especially professional basketball. And my problem with the idea of the refs were horrible. The refs are horrible every game, every minute, of every moment of whatever game we saw this year. And at this point, like you just negate the fact that you just got to play basketball. The refs are going to be a part of the game no matter what. So just play ball. And when you shoot that many jumpers in the second quarter, more than likely, if you miss those jumpers, you're not going to have a good quarter. Like you stop being aggressive. You stop dribble penetration. You stop dribble penetration and kicking out for open shots. And that's going to be a big problem when you decide to just take a whole bunch of jump shots. And I think what happened was Dallas ran into the game of what the Liberty was trying to play. The Liberty was trying to get their shots off. They take tons of jump shots, especially between the the mid-range and the three-point shot. And they definitely made their shots. And the difference was Dallas didn't. That stretch of of plays right there that you just called out, all of them, jump shots and three-point shots. And when you miss those, it's very difficult to actually come, come back into a game. And it's also difficult to keep a lead if you end up taking those jump shots. So I think that at that point, the Liberty understood that we have to figure out a way to get back into this game. And the only way we'll do that is if we force Dallas to play a game that they're not used to playing or reverting back to what they're used to playing. And that's just taking a whole bunch of quick shots, whole bunch of jump shots that were unnecessary and not getting into the offense. There was also cases where in that stretch where they didn't have a, they didn't have an actual point guard on the floor. I believe that Marina Mabry was actually the primary ball handler at, at that point. Now, not having Veronica Burton, not having Ty Harris on the floor to actually dictate the offense and allow the dribble penetration to occur. That's a problem. And I'm not sure why that was the case, but there were a couple instances 
where there wasn't a point guard on the floor and there wasn't playmaking being made because of it. And I think that's part of the reason why New York was able to come back and take control of that game. So when you have that dynamic and then trickling all of the fact that all of those jump shots were taken, yeah, that's going to be an issue. I do believe that was the point of emphasis for New York and they were able to capitalize. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Kata, hey, when we be talking and stuff and people will be disagreeing with me about the whole Enrique Agumawale dynamic and stuff, and now I'm always saying, listen, regardless of how your team is playing, like you still need your star player <laughs> at the end of the day to win these, to compete in these type of games, whether she's shooting bad or not or whatever. You, this team, this Dallas team still needs Enrique. Like, I would say this, if they had their full squad, even if they lost to the Liberty with Enrique in the lineup, I still feel that in the playoffs, that they can upset a third-seeded team, Connecticut or whoever's going to be three. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about that. Another thing I want to point out, too, is as well, like Sammy Wickham was big. Matter of fact, the entire bench for the Liberty was big. Sammy Wickham, Mourinho Hannes. We got to give them their flowers because of how they came, how they were shooting the ball really good and everything. Like we talked about earlier with Marine uh, hitting those two back-to-back big three-pointers to cut the lead to 27 to 33, made them call a timeout. She basically got it started. Sammy hitting the threes. Marine on the baseline hitting some crazy shots that, like, I ain't shooting or whatever. It was dope. But the bench, they outscored the Dallas Wings bench 50 to 9. This is what this wasn't even a starting five type of game. This was a bench game. This was a great big team win offensively and defensively. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people will look at probably like Sabrina having a big third quarter, and that was cool. But this game right here was the bench. Even just everybody just playing their role, just doing their part, just being great teammates, cheering and everything. And that was pretty dope because Sabrina was off. She was off the first half. I think that she didn't score or something like that once she got on. But you give major credit to the bench players for scoring 50 of the 91 points. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, man. Go ahead. Yeah, and we talk about that. We talk about the consistency or the lack thereof for the Liberty at that point. And one thing that that helped them get back into that game was Marine Johannes and Benajelani, both of them coming off the bench. Sammy Wickham hitting those threes while Sabrina was on the bench, and that's what you're going to need going forward if you're the New York Liberty. And fifty to nine, that's real. That's really impressive. I do believe that. If they can do that, they will have a chance to to make the playoffs. And at, and at this point, and we're going to talk about it later, going to talk about it later for sure. At this point, it's said that New York just needs one of two versus, versus the dream to actually make the playoffs. But overall, I'll just say the game last night was a really good game for the New York Liberty in a much needed win, obviously. And you got to give credit where credit is due to the entire team. They were able to do what they had to do. And Natasha Howard actually coming back from the ankle made a pretty, pretty good difference uh, defensively as well, as you could have seen compared to the first game that they played against the Wings. That that was definitely a difference as well from a defensive standpoint and not from a communication standpoint, knowing where certain players needed to be on the floor defensively. That definitely uh, made it a big difference. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute because this is about to get ugly, right? <laughs> For this play, these last couple of games in the playoffs, man, between six, um, no, seven, eight, nine, and ten. It's about to get, it's, it's real right now. But um, there was another game that we that we want to talk about too as well. Minnesota, KDOT, big win in Phoenix. They won 86 to 77. 
to improve the 14 and 20. Let's talk about it real quick. All right, Kayla McBride, 18 points. Mariah Jefferson, who's becoming one of my players to watch in this league too as well, because she always be having like multiple games where she's like assists, points, rebounds. She has six points, 12 assists, six rebounds as well. And Nafisha Kalia looking good yesterday, hitting a three. She shot four for six, 11 points and five rebounds. Jessica Shepard had 15 and 12. Sylvia Fowles was just chilling, shooting seven to 10, 16 and nine. Ariel Powers off the bench. She had 14. And for the Phoenix Mercury, real quick, a Shea Petty. Kate, Shea Petty, man, making me look good. She had 21, 10, and 4. Sophie Cunningham, another one that nobody don't like. But I like Sophie. I like her game. She should be on the short list for most approved play. I ain't saying she's going to win. I think Cindy Brunson said that. I was like, come on now. We can't do, we can't do that. We can't do that. But she had 24 last night. She had six attempts from three, four, four rebounds. And a Megan Gustafson, two off the bench with 15 points. What's your thoughts about this big Minnesota win, brother? What's your thoughts? Yeah, so obviously Minnesota needed this win. And what's going to be crazy about the game itself, the game was the game, right? Minnesota did what they had to do. The biggest thing for me was the Minnesota starters. Again, impact. And I know plus minus isn't the best stat to talk about but when you have four of those starters 20 plus in in plus minus it, it was great to see how how much of an impact that they were and the biggest thing for me is having Ariel Powell was back having feedback again welcome back and congratulations and also having someone like Natalie Achamwa be back right not necessarily having an impact on the game last night but just having a full strength of a roster now that Cheryl Reeve have and knowing what's at stake because to me of course they have the hardest schedule remaining as far as the record is concerned to me but I think that this was a much needed win and they needed to do it on the road they did it on the road and because Phoenix was without Scholar Diggins Smith due to personal reasons and hopefully she's okay praying for you as well and then with DT with the quad injury that was going to be just difficult for Phoenix to win I'm not even going to sit here and try to make it something that that it really isn't it was going to be difficult for them to win that game especially at for what's at stake that game was if you want to call it like a wash because we knew Minnesota was going to win that game then, you know, it, it's confirmed. But at the same time, looking at what Shea Petty um, was able to do, uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds, that was incredible. She's been great for the Mercury just about all season long. And again, can't say much about the game because of what the what was at stake. And Minnesota did what they had to do. We're just going to have to, like, chalk that up as one of those games, and we just got to keep it moving. Yeah, I agree. We're going to definitely keep it moving right now. Yo, we have a four-way tie. <laughs> Between seven, eight, nine, and ten. You know what I mean? I think that the Sparks, they're done. I think they shot themselves in the foot. You know what I'm saying? Minnesota's in seventh right now, 14 and 20. The Atlanta Dream is 14 and 20 in eighth. And New York is 14 and 20 and nine. And Phoenix had a great spot, but they end up dropping. Now they're in 10th place with the record of 14 and 20. Talk about chaos. Talk about choosing balance. This should have been a WNBA Monday type of episode thing because all the drama happens there, but we here on a Thursday morning. Yeah, so basically, we got to talk about it. So you say that all New York got to do is win one and they're in? So even if they split, they still get in? Yeah, from just looking at from just different reports and everything that I've been reading. So... Really, all they have to do is split. And I didn't even realize 
like how important that was because if they win one for, I'm not sure how that works because it's so funny, like how, like the rest of the rest of the standings are, because right now, if we're looking at it, we're talking about Minnesota at seven right now, Atlanta at eight and New York at nine. So I'm trying to look at it from a tiebreaker standpoint. I know for sure that Atlanta won in New York. If I could go back to the schedule, it might be a case where New York, New York could possibly just, just split that. Here's the thing. So no, I see it, Kate. I'm sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. I see it. I see why now. I think it's this. They're going to go off the conference record. Okay. Atlanta, and I was just getting ready to say that. Atlanta's in, a much, uh, Atlanta's in a must-win situation. Atlanta has to win two. Atlanta has to win two in a row to, to keep their spot in because they're 5-11 and 11 in the conference right now, and the Liberty is 8-8 eight and eight in the conference. See, okay, right. okay, okay, I see why. So yeah, all they gotta that, do, that's why all they got to do is win, and they are in. Oh, um, in, and you're in, yeah. yeah and, if, just split, yeah, just split. Just split, mm-hmm. just split. But win the first game, though, so guarantee it or whatever, you can just rush your players. But yeah, we're on Twitter Spaces, too, as well. Shout out to everybody on Twitter Spaces that's listening to the live podcast. We got Akeem in the building. Akeem, what's up, brother? Thank you for coming up. Talk to us real quick, man. What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, as I say all the time, I'm just updating and maintaining and just trying to stay up. The way that this is, that this is going like with four teams all knotted up at 14 and 20, I imagine that probably before the end of the day, if somebody, may, maybe one of you is that's, that's way smarter than me at figuring out playoff scenarios, it's probably one of those situations where I imagine somebody is probably going to have something up where, where they figure out all the different playoff scenarios, like, um, what's the playoff scenario for the Lynx? What's the playoff scenario for the Dream? What's the playoff scenario for the Liberty? What's the playoff scenario for the Mercury? It's it's amazing. Like these, and I actually wrote something about this beyond the W about how with four teams all knotted up at fourteen and twenty, with two playoff berths left to go. Not to mention the fact that two of those teams in New York and Atlanta are going to be playing each other twice in a home and home to close out the season. This is really the type of drama that you really couldn't script. We've seen in other sports, we've seen in baseball, we've seen in the NBA, the MNBA, where we've had, you know, occasions where whether it's the addition of another wild card or whether it's the playing tournament or whatever, where other leagues have really tried to go ahead and manufacture playoff drama. This is anything but manufactured. This is as organic as it gets. And this is going to be really entertaining basketball as we get to the end of the regular season, man. Like, I can't wait. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Chris Stemp. I'm Donnie Stemp. Two brothers on this strange rock hurtling through space. I don't know, man. This rock is in trouble. The Week on Earth is a new podcast on climate change and the state of the planet. We're talking cars, carbon, trees, toilet paper, apocalypse, utopia, and most importantly, human behavior. We need to put the emotion into this story. How do we move from an extractive society to a regenerative society? Pretty twisted. And it gets worse. (laughs) It's changed my entire outlook. From the Peabody Award-winning producer of Netflix's Fantastic Fungi, The Week on Earth, new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I agree, man. Listen, my Queensbridge voice, 
facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Yes. Like, <laughs> all facts, man. This is this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. The playoffs has officially started. It, it didn't start on August 17th. It officially started right now. Teams are playing for their lives. And the fact that, like you just said, a home and home between the eighth and the ninth seed and winner, you know what I'm saying? Winner goes. All the Liberty got to do is win one. And Atlanta got to win twice. This is going to be insane. I wish we had some Atlanta Dream fans up here so we can talk about it and, and everything. It is what it is. It is what it is. Shout out to the Dream fans and stuff. But K-Dot, man, it's, it's going to be real fun, real interesting. You know what I'm saying? These next couple of days, man. Uh, let's not stick too much on the Liberty, man. We the most unbiased show on the land. I like to keep it that way and stuff. So what's your thoughts like on Minnesota and Phoenix? You know what I'm saying? How they going to get it? Let's, let me give you a rundown real quick about their conference because they're 80, Minnesota's 89 in the conference and Phoenix is 6 and 11 in the conference. So it's like Phoenix has, they have a tough time. They're going to have to probably win out. Minnesota probably have a little bit of room and stuff, but what's your thoughts about those two teams? Yeah, so for Minnesota, starting off with Minnesota, I believe that Minnesota still has the hardest road, right? They have to win. They generally speak, and they have to win the next two. And I believe they have Seattle, and they have Seattle at home, which will be Phil's final regular season home game, and hopefully not um, the last home game. Hopefully not the last home game. But at the same time, they still have to play Connecticut as well, if I'm not mistaken. That's difficult. Because guess what? Both teams are still trying to win for supremacy in their particular seating. We have mm -hmm. Seattle where they're trying to get a home, a first round home stand, right? And then of course, you have a Connecticut that's still trying to kind of maintain that third, that third seat. So with Minnesota coming in, playing spoiler, that's going to be very difficult. And I do believe that Phoenix is able to figure out a way to, to two more. They're all at home. They're all at home. One against Dallas, one against uh, Chicago. That's going to be important. The question is, is Skylar Diggins going to be a part of those games? We know that she was out last night due to personal reasons. And again, we do wish her all well, but that's going to be the major question with that being said. And having Chicago on Sunday, that's going to be another difficult one because, again, we don't know what Chicago is thinking as far as one or two seeds. So they might be getting ramped up for the playoffs themselves and trying to figure out which seed they want to they want to be in. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. Me personally, I'm still not giving up on Minnesota because now I feel like they're at full strength and I feel like they've had a couple games under their belt where they can get some chemistry going. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, Minnesota could make it. I, I think sitting at seven right now, they can either, to me, they can either split or they can, to me, they need to win both. Just my personal opinion, just to be safe. But I think that Minnesota does have a chance to make it in. And to be honest with you, I really do hope they make it in. I really do hope so. But it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough ass, especially with, with Seattle in, in Connecticut, man. That's just a tough ass. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We got Nathan Snell in here too. Nathan, man, what's going on with you, brother? What you got to add? Talk to us. Oh, it's good, everybody. I agree. I can see Minnesota making the playoffs. I just think with everything that's going on with Phoenix, I don't see it. I just don't see them making the playoffs. I think last night was they should have won that game, but I just think just they're Everything that's going on, you know, Skyler, we don't really know what's going on. Like you said, she's doing well. I know Coach Nightgarth's been 
she's had to deal with a lot, deal with a lot this season. I'd rather see a storyline with her, her last run in the playoffs more than Phoenix. It's just me. That may sound biased, but I, I think Minnesota's the more complete team. I mean, I just hope that you're going to win a playoff series with that kind of lineup in Phoenix. That's just my opinion. Okay, cool. Akeem, well, what's your thoughts on the Minnesota Phoenix playoff dilemma? It's interesting. These are these are a couple of teams that usually we're used to seeing in the playoffs year in and year out. And it's amazing that when you look at what both the Lynx and the Mercury, like this has really been a, a really roller coaster season, obviously, for both Minnesota and Phoenix. And it's also something I feel like that when when you look at the when you look at the schedule, yeah, Minnesota does have that game at versus Seattle, and then on top of everything else, so you also have the Mercury. They're in a position where they're going to be playing a Chicago team that, for all we know, is probably still going to be going for that number one overall seed in the playoffs. It's so it's so it's definitely tough sledding. I would guess you had to say for for really both Minnesota. And Phoenix, even though it looks like that one of them may end up getting in, I'm with I'm with Nathan. I'm definitely with Nathan. I think that really and truly is something where I feel like you want to see one more run in the playoffs for Sylvia Fowles. I remember I was we was talking earlier in the year about how when the Lynx were scuffling and we were thinking like, oh wow, like come on Minnesota, come on Cheryl Reed, get it together. Don't send Sweet Sill out like this. Don't send Sweet Sill out like this. She is too good. She's an all-time great. She deserves one more run in the playoffs. And it's the, and of course, you know what Phoenix has gone through with Brittany Griner. And now this whatever is going on uh, with, with Skyler. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully she's doing okay. But but yeah, it's still this season has been so unpredictable that at this point, like I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't think really any of us does. And I think that only adds to the intrigue. I can see Minnesota getting one of those final two playoff spots, but the way things have gone this season and how it's really any given day, basically, like it just, that's what I think this really makes it all the more fun. But, but me personally, I would like to see the links in the playoffs just so he can get more, one more playoff run for Sweet Sale. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Kata, go ahead. No, I agree with what, what Akeem and what Nate has said. I do believe that it's a possibility, right? And then you can't ignore Atlanta, right? Atlanta has an opportunity to win too. They know what's at stake. Just like how we said the Liberty knows what's at stake. The Atlanta Dream knows what's at stake. They have a home game to defend that court at this point. And if they win this one, they can go into New York and fly xbox floor i really hope they put the xbox floor on there again like seriously they have a pop they have a chance to to win that game and actually get into the playoffs i think that what everybody i think what everybody wants is for sill um for sill to actually make the playoffs and see her in the playoffs and get a, a proper send-off in the playoffs she's used to it she's been used to it for a long time now and that would only be right as a fan when we think about it but I just think that the chaos that we have right now is so good and it's proper to talk about and we just need to keep talking about it. And I think that when it comes to the playoffs itself, this is the best time to be a WNBA fan. It's the best time to be a basketball fan because there's so many scenarios that you can talk about and I'm glad that we're talking about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm glad that we're talking about it too. Let's say some. 
big games these next couple of days. We got tonight, and then we got Friday. We got big games on Friday, and then Sunday. Oh, man, Sunday's going to be crazy. And then we got to do our playoff primer for y'all and everything, which I wish we could get into it right now, but I don't want to talk about playoffs right now, man, because I got some wild predictions. That's probably going to come to fruition or whatever because of my knowledge of the game and everything like that. But now let's go into tonight's games and stuff, Thursday night's games. We got Chicago versus Las Vegas at 10 p.m. And then we got Connecticut at Los Angeles at 10.30. I'm not worried about, I think for LA, Connecticut is going to put the nail in the cover for LA. I think, yeah. It might be a swan song for them tonight. But let's focus on Chicago versus Las Vegas. At Las Vegas, one versus two. Chicago playing steadily all season long. Vegas started out jumping at 13 and two. But then since then, I think they went, I want to say 10 and eight since they started out 13 and two. And Chicago was just right along, just doing their thing. And then they just caught up to them like the tortoise and the hare. If y'all kids remember that story, I might be too young or whatever. I don't know. Or I might be too old or whatever. But uh, what's your thoughts tonight? And we're going to start with uh, Akeem. Akeem, talk to us tonight. Las Vegas, Chicago, man. What's going on with you? Hmm. I think that'll be, that will be another one of those, another one of those interesting games to really watch on the schedule. Because, and I think also given the, given what we, what's been going on with, with Vegas, I'm really, these are really the, these are really the games. That, that I think are going to be telltale signs as far as what's going to happen with these teams as we get closer and closer, obviously, to the playoffs, not just the playoffs, but also the finals. I want to see what Vegas looks like without De'Aaron Cahan. And because we talked in, we talked in, these, in these spaces before, the, the aces issues as far as like how thin their bench is. This is going to be, a, I feel like, a real test against a team that's, when you think about it, against a team like Chicago, that for all we know, they could end up seeing when we get to the finals. So I really want to see what Las Vegas looks like at home against a team that for all we know, we could see these teams match up five more times at the conclusion of the season. And then as far as Connecticut and LA is concerned, man, we saw what happened in the last game at this point. Just Connecticut just put the sparks out of their misery. Because at this point, they got issues on top of issues on top of issues. They got a, they got a whole roster they got to figure out in Los Angeles. They got a front page. They got a front, front office they got to figure out in Los Angeles. So I just look like Connecticut and L.A., I'm like that. I'm going to definitely watch that game. But it's something I feel like if you're the Sparks, you just almost want, if you're a Sparks fan, you just want this season to just mercilessly because it's like they got issues. So, but yeah, that game with the Sky and the Aces, that's definitely going to be number one on my viewing schedule tonight. Yeah, I agree. I just wish that it was a battle for first place. Both teams have the same identical record. Winner takes sole possession of top spot, but uh, but taking that out of it, I still think it's going to be an, an interesting game. I think I, Vegas, I still love Vegas, man. I, I still think that in the playoffs, they might be in trouble because now you're going to play against the same team a couple times and stuff. They're going to figure you out, know that you ain't got no bench. And I feel like if they meet Chicago in the finals, that I think that Chicago is going to take advantage of that bench issue. We don't know what's up with Derrick Hamby when she's coming back or anything. So I got Vegas tonight, though. I got Vegas over Chicago tonight. You know what I'm saying? They're going, and then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. As far as Connecticut and LA, like I said, like you said, I came, yeah, take Oyeller out to the back, get the rifle, and just make it two what it do. <laughs> Go ahead, K Dot. 
Yeah, I, it's this is a game tonight where you want to see what Las Vegas is made of, especially without De'Erica Hamby. And again, prayers to her speed of recovery because we definitely want to see her in the playoffs. I think that with Chicago's, from Chicago's perspective, they have a chance, of course, to come in and win this game. To me, to take sole possession of first place. But at the same time, coming off that loss to Seattle, I think that they know what's at stake. They, and they'll more than likely try to take care of business in Vegas. So my biggest thing for Chicago is from a defensive standpoint, we've known that Chicago has been predicated on defense all year long, how are they going to sustain the scoring abilities of Kelsey, Chelsea, Asia, and Jackie, right? Those are your core. That's your core four. Have them struggle a bit and just let the rest make, force the rest to handle it. You have to put it in, in the rest of the team's hands and we'll see what happens. Um, I'm probably going to give the slight edge to Chicago, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Chicago. We'll see what happens tonight. Dude, come on, man. <laughs> now I'm just messing with you. I know. I get it. You got to go against each other and stuff. When, hey, Kato, when to do 50 push-ups live, all right? <laughs> Are you ready? Hey, you <laughs> when I to do guess, 50. man. I guess, man. <laughs> now, nah, but be, before we get out of here, though, yeah, it's going to be fun night tonight watching WNBA basketball. Fun night last night watching the game. Beautiful game. Playoffs is going to be interesting. Please, man, we're going to have a dope-ass playoff show and stuff. You know what? Since he's on the line with us, yo, Akeem, man, I'm, I'm extending the invite for you to join us for the Playoff Preview Podcast, man. We want you on the show, so, you know what I'm saying? Make some time. I know you're a busy guy and stuff. You're doing your thing, but still, man, you might as well just come on in. Let's talk some playoff basketball with us. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll get it together. We'll get it right for you, man. So just extending extend the invite. We'll talk about it in the DMs and stuff. But uh, that's it for today. I want to say thank you for everybody for tapping in with us on uh, Keeping the 9450 Codename WBB. Brought to you by the 9450 Women's Basketball Network. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the 9450WBB. Don't forget to follow myself at the DR Test Pod 265 Media. Don't forget to follow KDOT or at KDOTLU3H on Instagram and Twitter as well. With that being said, love is love. I'm Daniel Artest. That's KDOT. That's Twitter Spaces, man. Thank you for chiming in with us, man. Team and Nate. And everybody else, I was leaving comments and things. I can't get to all of y'all because I'm far away from my phone. <laughs> but we out of here. We'll see y'all tonight. Pre-game show tonight at 9 p.m. All right. Love is love. Peace out.